Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of What the Chell Pod, your friendly neighborhood non-misogynistic hockey podcast. I am your hostess. My name is Haley, and this week is going to be a little bit of a different episode. Um, I don't know if it's just me or does it feel like nothing that exciting or remarkable happened in hockey this week. Like, I genuinely can't think of anything that I saw that I was like, oh, yeah, I need to talk about that, except for... Chris Chelios's number being retired by the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, that's literally my only piece of news this week. Um, as far as PWHL goes, though, however, um, unfortunately, Taylor Heisey of PWHL Minnesota is out on LTIR, which is a huge hit for them. Taylor Heisey was the number one overall draft pick for the league and is an extremely, extremely talented hockey player. So she will definitely be missed on that team. Other than that, we are going to try something a little bit different this week, and I am going to give you guys a rundown of Hockey Penalty 101. I actually wrote an article for Inside the Rink. You guys don't know, I am an article writer, mainly a um, Washington Capitals coverage writer for Inside the Rink, which is a NHL, AHL, ECHL all things hockey updates website and I absolutely love writing for them it's a great team if you are interested in getting into sports writing and are interested in covering hockey your favorite team um, we're always looking for writers to join us so you can follow them everywhere at inside the rink and send a message to them if you're interested they would love to have you on and Um, the founders are such great guys and they're so willing to work with you and teach you and help you and I've loved 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 working for them Um, but I wrote an article um, hockey penalties 101 kind of a beginner's guide to hockey penalties so I figured I'd turn it into a podcast episode this week and in case you're new to hockey or Um, you're still learning like me like I'm still learning things all the time I do know a lot but even just writing this article a couple of weeks ago I was learning so much and I just think that's the cool thing about being into something and being into a sport is your knowledge can just continue to evolve and you never will know everything and it's fun to learn like I love learning new things I think it's so great so I figured I would bring my article to podcast form because I know some people are auditory learners and some people are visual learners. Um, So if you are somebody that prefers to learn by reading, I will have my article linked in my link tree, which you can find on all of my social media bios. But other than that, we're going to go ahead and jump right into Hockey Penalties 101. So I think the most important thing to know is that there are different consequences for different penalties depending on the type that they are. Some penalties can have a player in the penalty box for 2 minutes, 5 minutes, or even 10 minutes. And some penalties can swing either the way of 2 minutes or 5 minutes depending on the level of severity that the referee deems them to have. The most severe type of penalties are called match penalties which will result in the player being ejected from the game entirely. So we're going to start with the two-minute minor penalties. Those are an action that warrants the player serving two minutes in the penalty box 
unless the opposing team scores a power play goal. Now, in the PWHL, you can sort of jailbreak your player that's in the box by scoring a shorthanded goal. However, that is not the case in the NHL. So there are a handful of penalties that will more than likely be a two-minute minor penalty. And we're going to just kind of go through those. And I'm going to give you a brief description of what they mean and when you might see, uh, see these penalties being called against various players on the ice. So the first one is boarding, which is an action that causes a defenseless player to be thrown directly into the boards, which are the sides of the rink, in case um, that's a term that you were unsure of. The next one is charging, when a player steps to speed up before checking another player or jumps at another player forcefully. Then we also have cross-checking, which is kind of similar to charging, but it's when the player lifts their stick off the ice with both hands to forcefully check another player. You'll often see this when a player holds uh, their stick parallel to the ice and kind of pushes the player, usually in the back is when cross-checking will be called. It's also delay of game. It's when a player makes an action to intentionally stall the game, and this one is up to the referee's judgment. Um, some examples of delay of game include holding or freezing the puck, uh, shooting the puck outside of the playing area, so purposefully shooting it up and over the glass, for example, or deliberately displacing the goal from its normal position. Um, and sometimes delay of game can be called, and it seems... You know, controversial, it seems like it was an accident, but like I said, it really is just per the referee's judgment. And there's elbowing, which I feel like is pretty self-explanatory. It's using your elbow to forcefully hit another player. Next, we have embellishment, which is a highly, highly controversial penalty. It may also be referred to as diving, but it's basically when, per the referees, a player is thought to exaggerate or make up the penalty committed against them or to fake an injury. Um, I feel like the best example that I can think of this didn't even happen in hockey, but like soccer players. Soccer players are so good at embellishment. Um, and that's, I don't think it's a penalty in soccer. I don't know much about that sport. Um, but it's like, if the player barely gets hit and they just collapse onto the ice, um, or if they're kind of exaggerating the nature of their injury, the ref can deem that as embellishment. However, people usually don't like that call because, you know, kind of who is the ref to say that that was embellishment? And, and it seems like it can be used just whenever the ref feels like it maybe they have you know something out against that specific player it's just it's not a great penalty and it's not something that people like to see called next up we have high sticking is when contact with another player is made with a stick raised above the player's shoulders so usually if a player is hit in the shoulders or neck or face with um, somebody's stick, that'll be considered high sticking, and it can cause a lot of injuries, especially if it slips under the visor. You know, it can catch their nose or their eyes or their mouth. Um, however, accidental contact is permitted, such as when a player is in the process of shooting. So if the player's shooting the puck and they accidentally um, knock a guy in the nose, that's not going to be called for high sticking. 
Um, the player does have to be in full control of the stick and it does have to be a deliberate action. Holding, another self-explanatory one. That is grabbing another player to restrict their movement and play. And holding can be called whether or not that player is in possession of the puck. There's also hooking, which is another way to restrict a player's play, which is the act of using a stick to slow another player down. It's kind of like those old-fashioned cartoons where you see the cane come out onto the stage and um, grab the performer off of the stage. It's using your, uh, your stick to kind of grab that player and just stop them from going after the puck. Interference is the use of physical contact to slow another player down, which can be done with either the stick, your hands, or your body position. Um, basically, the, the past three that I've done, anything that stops a player from freely and properly going after the puck or playing the way that um, they want to play can all be called as a penalty and will usually and hopefully be called as a penalty. There's also kneeing, which is similar to elbowing, but with the knee, um, creating a hit on another player by leading with the knee. And in some cases, the player may extend their full leg and that would also be called as kneeing. There's slashing, which is another penalty that uses the stick. It's the act of swinging a stick to hit another player and whether or not contact is made, this can be called. So the only exception here is non-aggressive stick contact to the front of the legs. So for example, when if two players are going after the puck and one player um, accidentally smacks the other player's shins, that's not going to be called because that was non, non-aggressive contact. But... Any forceful chop to the opponent's body or stick that is not an attempt to play the puck would be considered slashing. And again, that's whether or not contact is actually made. We have three more two-minute penalties. Up next is roughing, which is any unnecessary and aggressive contact toward another player, such as pushing after the whistle has been blown or punching or slamming another player Really anything that just has no place on the ice. Any contact that's just unnecessarily aggressive. And then there's tripping, which is another fairly obvious one. They really just kind of say what these things are. They don't have any any fancy or special names for them. Um, but tripping can be done with the stick, leg, foot, arm, hand, elbow, pretty much anything. Um, accidental trips will not be penalized as a tripping penalty. Finally, in the two-minute minor category is unsportsmanlike conduct, which is um, fairly subjective, um, but it's any negative act, gesture, or verbal assault against another player, coach, or official. And the unique thing about unsportsmanlike conduct is that both players and non-playing personnel, such as the coaches, can be given an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. So not only could a player on the ice get an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, but if the coach is getting too fired up and starts yelling and swearing at the referee, that coach can also get an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, which a player would serve in the box for him. 
It would be kind of funny, though, if coaches got sent to the box, like, seeing this defeated man in a suit, you know, hanging his head for two minutes. I think I think we should start doing that. I think that would be... <laughs> I would love to see that, personally, especially with coaches that I think deserve it and I don't really like. I'm not going to name names, but there are some coaches that could definitely use some time in the box. <laughs> Okay, we're going to move on to our five-minute major penalties. And these penalties are more severe in nature compared to the two-minute minor penalties. And so there is a harsher consequence for them. And when receiving a major penalty, it's important to remember that the player has to remain in the box for the entire five minutes, regardless of whether the other team scores or not. So even if that team did score a power play goal, the opposing player would continue to stay in the box. They have to serve their full sentence. There's no get out of jail free card with this one. So there's a couple of these. And like I mentioned earlier, um, a lot of those two minute minor penalties can be assessed as five minute major penalties, depending on how severe the referees and linesmen deem them. So the first one is butt ending, which is an awfully funny name, um, but it's using the end of the stick opposite of the blade, so the top of the stick, and using that to hit or attempt to jab another player. It's kind of like uh, the player decides to suddenly act like a knight and joust their opponent with their stick. That's butt ending. Then there's checking from behind, which is forcefully hitting a player who is not aware of the impending hit. And so they're not able to defend themselves. It's um, definitely not allowed and not encouraged to go after a defenseless person on the ice. So that's a big one. And then there's also spearing, which is when a player jabs the opponent, but this time with their stick blade instead of the top of the stick. And whether or not contact is made, the spearing penalty can be called. There's also a handful of other um, five-minute major penalties, such as leaving the bench during an altercation. So if a fight breaks out on the ice, players cannot jump from the bench over the boards and go join the fight. They have to stay where they are. Holding a player's face mask or pushing off of an opponent with your skate are all considered major penalties. Now, here is where we go to fighting. Because fighting happens a lot in, um, in this sport, especially in the NHL compared to other leagues. And are you allowed to fight in hockey? Yes, of course you are. We all love to see a good hockey fight, and it's a huge part of the game. But it does not come without consequences. So when players fight, there's one thing that the referees have to do to properly assess penalties. And that is determine who is the aggressor and who is the instigator. So the aggressor is the player who is determined to be the winner of the fight, usually the guy that takes the other guy down to the ice. Um, and the instigator is the player who initiated the fight, whether it was actually physically going after the other player or attacking them verbally. So the aggressor will always receive both a major penalty and a misconduct penalty, which we'll get to in a second. And the instigator of the fight will receive all three types, a minor penalty, a major penalty, and a misconduct penalty. 
So yes, you can fight, but just know that there will be consequences for your actions and you will be spending some time in the box. And some players just love to spend some time in that box. I'll tell you what, every team has a fighter or two and it gets annoying as a fan, but it's part of the game and I love it every time, honestly. Um, So let's talk about 10-minute misconduct penalties and then match penalties as well. So when a player receives a misconduct penalty, they are forced to sit in the box for 10 minutes. So they have to stay in the box the entire 10-minute penalty. And another teammate will have to serve the time of their original penalty, whether it's two minutes or five minutes. So there's a lot going on when a player receives a misconduct penalty. If a player receives a match penalty, this is the most severe type of penalty, they will be ejected from the game entirely and another player will have to serve the time in the box for their initial infraction. These are, of course, the most serious penalties, so they have the highest level of time in the box and the most severe consequences, and they are given out whenever a player's actions are seen as extremely serious, dangerous, or harmful. These aren't given out nearly as much as those two-minute and five-minute penalties, Um, But when they are given out, it's usually for a very good and very legitimate reason. There's some other penalty-related information that you need to know now that you know all of the basics of what's what on the ice. There's something called a penalty shot. So in some cases, the referee will assign the player who drew the penalty a penalty shot rather than having the offender serve time in the box. And these are most often called when a skater with the puck has a clear path to the goal, but is stopped by an opponent with contact that is against the rules of the game. So for example, if a player is on a breakaway and was stopped by being cross-checked, that player that was stopped would get a chance at a penalty shot. So when a penalty shot is called, the puck carrier gets one chance to score with no other players involved except the goaltender. So just a wide open ice and... It's almost like you would see in a shootout, just the player and the goalie going up against each other with the player trying to get that point. There's also a delayed penalty. So penalties are not always called right away. Sometimes the referee will raise their arm to indicate that a penalty has occurred, but that it will not be called until the offending team touches the puck. So a lot of times you'll see referees standing on the ice with their arms straight up in the air, And they'll stand that way until the team that had the penalty touches the puck, then they'll blow the whistle to stop play. So every penalty has a specific action or hand motion associated with it that the official will use when they announce the infraction. I found a great um, article from Hockey Monkey that um, has examples of all of these hand motions. So I have that linked in my article You can also um, just go to the Hockey Monkey website and find that article as well if you want to see those specific things. That's something that I have not quite understood yet, Um, all of the different hand motions for things. I got them down for football um, when I was in college and going to football games a lot, but haven't quite gotten them down for hockey yet. And I feel like, for some reason, NHL referees 
have the worst microphones that have ever existed. They are so hard to understand what they're saying most of the time. Um, so I'm working on that, but that about wraps it up for Hockey Penalties 101. Like I said, you can read my article. I'll have it linked in my link tree. Um, I did want to give you guys a quick PWHL standings update before I go. It's going to be a shorter episode this week, but hopefully you found it informative and beneficial, and hopefully you learned something if you didn't know that much about penalties on the ice. So here is our PWHL standings update. In first place, once again, they have jumped back, is Montreal with 24 points, followed up by Minnesota with 21 points. In third place, we have Toronto. Fourth place, we have Boston, followed by New York, and in last place, Ottawa with 13 points. So I'll be interested to see how this Montreal-Minnesota back and forth continues to go with, like I said, Taylor Heisey out of the lineup for Minnesota for the foreseeable future. And it looks like we have about 12 games left in the PWHL season, so it is quickly wrapping up. And I will continue to keep you guys updated week to week about this league. It's very exciting. Um, I saw a very sweet video of a bunch of little boys cheering for the PWHL. And um, the caption on it was basically, um, this league is raising a generation of boys who will be cheering on their future wives, girlfriends, sisters. Um, And I just thought that was so cool. Um, So hopefully... One day soon, instead of WAGs, we will be having HABs, (laughs) husbands and boyfriends. I feel like we need a different acronym there. Um, But yeah, it's very exciting to see. And that is about all I have for you guys this week. Thank you so much for listening. Here we go into my little social media spiel. Please follow me everywhere at WhatTheChellPod. And you can also follow me, your hostess, at HeyLauren underscore, which I have linked in the What the Chell bio. Please subscribe to What the Chell on whatever podcast app you listen on and leave me a rating and a review. It helps boost me in the algorithm so that more people can hear about What the Chell. If you found this episode informative or helpful, and hopefully you did, Share it on social media, send it to a friend, or pop it up on your stories. It would be so, so great, especially if you have people in your life who are newer to hockey and want to know a little bit more about the game that they are hopefully going to love with their whole heart, just like you and I do. All right, my friends, I hope you have a wonderful week, and I will talk at you next time. I love you so much. Bye.